0: Before I uh, use this quote, I want to make a disclaimer, because when I start telling you whom I'm quoting, you're going to say, "Uh uh-oh, what is Michael doing? But uh, I just want to make a disclaimer right up front. I am not in the habit of going around reading interviews with famous movie stars. It's just not my habit. But recently, as I told you, I wrote an article in response to Newsweek, article on BeliefNet, and they asked me to look up something, and I was... I clicked in there, and sure enough, there was right on the front page, and I believe not, supposedly to be the largest religious website. Well, I use the word very loosely. The editor was interviewing actress Goldie Hawn. And uh, what really got my attention was this statement by her in the big, bold letters that says, my mother was a Jesus freak, and so am I. And I said, well... I wanted to see that, and uh, I had to tell you, before I even use the quote, I want to tell you that if I'm a betting man, I can bet her views probably represent the vast majority of Americans. Without a doubt, after what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing, I'm convinced. And so when I looked at this thing and I started reading to see what does it mean that her mother was, and she is a Jesus freak. Uh, alas, I discovered that she, as a Buddhist, basically says she like, what she likes about Jesus is that he went to the desert, that he sat quietly, that he heard the truth and felt the truth. But really what fascinated me is what she says about life, and it is absolutely fascinating. Let me read the quote to you. She says, the view of yourself is ever-changing because you're growing older. Profound so far. (laughs) Your body's changing, your face changing, everything is changing. But you have the tendency, or you want to have the tendency, to grasp into youth, to grasp into the ability to always look beautiful. So, in fact, when I see an ugly picture of myself which I have seen many times, it's like a stake in my heart. It's horrible. Yet one day, you're going to be very old and you're going to die. And you're not going to look like this. End of quote. This, of course, was red meat for me (laughs) as I was preparing this sixth secret of positive living which is the anticipation of the life of real health, real wealth, and real prosperity. We have begun a series of 15 messages on the 15 secrets of the Apostle Paul for positive living. And I keep reminding you every week that it is positive living is different from positive thinking. The theory of positive thinking is based on a constant uplifting of yourself and motivating yourself and talking yourself up and propping yourself up while the power of positive living comes from inside of you. And here we're seeing the Apostle Paul talks about this sixth secret of positive living. And it is the anticipation of the life of real health, wealth, and prosperity. See, you would have to be living in another planet not to see that health... Wealth and prosperity is the foremost preoccupation of life. I think you got to be living in another world if you cannot feel or see the incredible preoccupation with health and prosperity. Billions of dollars are spent every day in trying to show us how to squeeze every ounce of life. And billions more are spent on telling us and showing us how to prolong our life. In fact, I'm going to stay here with this point until I make sure that you all understood me. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I am not standing here and saying to you that it is wrong to want to be healthy. I am not standing here and telling you that it is wrong to want to prosper. Did you get it? No, no, no. No, no. Let me me go back because I want to make sure. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be prosperous. But I'm here to tell you, listen to me, if you think that this life's health, wealth and prosperity is all there is, then you are in for a huge shock. I am here to tell you that if the majority of your energy and the majority of your time and the majority of your money and the majority of all your efforts are focused on health, wealth, and prosperity in this life alone, then you're going to miss out on the most exciting future there is. I am here to tell you that if you are not spending any time, any money, any of your energy, any of your planning for the life to come, the life of real health, wealth, and prosperity— then you are missing out on the very purpose of God for your life here and now. For the very reason the Son of God left the glories of heaven, born of a virgin, died on a cross, buried on a borrowed tomb, and then he rose again on the third day physically, bodily. The very reason for all of that is that so that he may offer everyone who would come to him Everyone who would repent, anyone who surrendered to him, the life of real health, wealth, and prosperity. That's the very purpose of it. And beloved friend, I want to tell you something. Only when you have taken hold of this truth of the real life or the life of real health, wealth, and prosperity, will you be able to experience the life of positive living here and now. Only then, only then. And once you understand this truth, and you deliberately remind yourself daily of this truth, why? Because everything else in life is trying to get you tied into this life. And that is why intentionally you have to remind yourself daily of what is awaiting you. Only then will you experience a life of positive living day in and day out, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your diseases, regardless of your problems, regardless of who's doing what to whom. That was the secret of the Apostle Paul's positive living. And when he grasped and took hold of that incredible secret, he was able to live free from fear in the midst of flogging. Free from anxiety in the midst of attack. Free from intimidation in the face of death threats. Why? Because he knew that the real life of health, wealth, and prosperity was so real to him, even in this life, that he became ambivalent about whether he really wants to live or die. Yeah, Die. That's not a good word in the West. We don't want to hear that word. And Paul said, no, 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 no. I'm ambivalent about it. In fact, they both are equally good to me. <laughs> Look with me, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because Paul says, this is the very reason for living. This is the very reason why you get up in the morning and go to work. This is the very reason why you do what you do. That's the very reason of serving. This is the very reason of living. Goldie Hawn got it right. <laughs> one day, you're going to get very old, and you're going to die, every one of us, and we're gonna, not going to look like this. But you know, here's the problem. She doesn't know what we're going to look like. Only those who love Jesus, only those who believe the Word of God will know exactly what we're going to look like. And that's what I'm going to show you today. I'm going to tell you what you're going to look like on the other side of heaven, where you'll be Forever. The question is, where are you going to spend your eternity? See, we're all going to live after we die, but where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it in the real life of health, the real health, prosperity, and wealth, or will you spend it in times of judgment that is going to make Katrina look like a picnic? And the reason I didn't even want to talk about this in the beginning of the message, we've seen enough, and I I don't want to lose it. But it reminded me of one thing, that this life is passing. And it is my cry that we as a nation would wake up to that fact. My friend, I want to tell you, I would be lying to you if I tell you that there is no heaven, there is no hell. Anybody who would say to you that there is no real heaven and no real hell is lying to you. And the Son of God, for whom the world was created, through whom the world was created, He said that there is a real heaven and there's real hell. And we better wake up to it. And that is why Jesus came from heaven. So that whomsoever, 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 black, white, yellow, green, doesn't matter. Whomsoever, rich, poor, doesn't matter. Whomsoever, whomsoever, whomsoever whomsoever would come to Him can be assured of heaven. Here and now. I hope so, or maybe doesn't exist in the Christian lexicon. In a believer's life, I know. I got news for you. The moment I close my eyes in death, I'll be seeing Jesus face to face. And it's not because of arrogance, it's because he said so. Look with me, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Paul is saying, he's telling us all about that place where real health, wealth, and prosperity are found. You know, in Philippians 1.23, let me give you a Yusuf translation of this. Paul is saying, I can't wait to experience that real life of real health, wealth, and prosperity. Rough translation, you get the meaning. And his anticipation of that life kept him above all the problems of this one. His anticipation of what is to come gave him victory over all the difficulties And he faced more than you and I will ever face in 10 lifetimes. And I noticed so many people in the media, they're really all terrified of death. And they always ask questions about death. and and, And you can see that. But for the believer, death does not scare us. It does not frighten us. Why? Because it is a release from the slums to the mansions. It is a transportation from disease to wholeness. It is the chariot that's going to take us from the squalors into the streets of gold. It is our ticket from prison to freedom. It is our capsule that's going to transport us from sickness into health. It is the courage that's going to carry us across from famine to feasting. And that is why the Apostle Paul said, Oh, death, where is thy victory? You see, before Jesus came into my life, That was a frightening prospect. Death, judgment, I was terrified. But when Jesus came into my life, forgave my sins, he transformed me from judgment to life. Death doesn't frighten me at all. It is a transportation mode. Now, after this brief introduction, let me get to the message. (laughs) Several things I want to tell you here. That Paul tells us, actually, I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling it. I'm only repeating what he says. First of all, he's saying that to us, it is a eviction from the slums to the mansions. That's what it is for the believer. It's an eviction from the tent to the palace. That's what he's saying. And Paul contrasts this current bodies which we have, in which we live, with the glorified body that is awaiting us on the other side. And he said, this one is like a tent while the other one is like a mansion. Pray tell me how you can even compare the two. I don't care how much you love camping. (laughs) I mean, you can't even compare it. Now, what happens to a tent when it's out in the element for a few days or a few weeks? Well, you see that the pegs get loose and And the ropes start sagging, and the material itself begins to wear out, and little holes are made, and every time it rains, it leaks. If you've heard me at any length of time, you would have heard me say this, that somehow, the way God made this body, tent as it is, He did not make it for camping. (laughs) I went camping, first time in my life, back in 1970 in Australia. And it was the most miserable experience I've ever had. (laughs) And I came to the realization very quickly that the closest this body is made to camping is the Holiday Inn. (laughs) I'm not endorsing it, but I'm just telling you. That's the closest I'm going to go. I stay home before I go camping. (laughs) But I just, that's who I am. But I can't escape this body. I might escape going camping, I might escape tent living, but I can't escape this body, which Paul calls a tent. Because it gets broken, it gets tired, it gets saggy, it gets weary, it gets angry, it gets frustrated, and it gets diseased. But one day, one day, I'm gonna be evicted from this slum. I'm gonna be evicted from this tent. One day, my soul is going to enter it into a mansion. It's going to enter into a body that is like the body of Jesus after the resurrection. Let me tell you about this body. Sin will not buffet it. Disease cannot penetrate it. Fear cannot get anywhere near it. Anxiety cannot survive in it. Weakness and blemishes cannot even touch it and cannot torment it. Discouragement and depression cannot touch it. Limitations will not be part of it. Sorrow will not have place in it. That is the glorified body that Jesus has prepared for everyone who believes in Him. It will be a body like Jesus' after the resurrection. Supernatural body. we we'll probably... Some young people here saying, you know, well, he really is speaking to some old folks. He's not talking to me. He's probably talking to the people who are really thinking about heaven. Let me tell you something. In my few years of ministry, I buried an 8-year-old. I buried a 21-year-old. And I buried everything, 40-year-old, I buried everyone in between. Life is never certain. And the thinking of heaven and the preparation of heaven does not begin after retirement. It begins whether you're six years old or 60 years old. And when you know Jesus, it is nothing to be afraid of. So it's an eviction from the slums to the mansion. Secondly, Paul said it's like moving from a long-distance relationship to a face-to-face relationship. I think any of you who've fallen in love or got engaged to somebody and you were long-distance And you couldn't wait for the day to see each other face to face. And you longed for that day. You planned for that day. You could not wait for that day. And this is what Paul is saying. It's like that. Look at verse 5. He said, Now it is God who made us for this very purpose. And he has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. When believers get their new glorified body, They will be fulfilling God's ultimate purpose for them. God's ultimate complete purpose for the believer will only be fully fulfilled when you cross the other side. When you get out of this cheap suit into the silk suit. The ultimate purpose for you will be completely fulfilled only when you get out of this body into the glorified body so you'll be able to see Jesus face to face. God's glorious purpose for all who put their trust in Him, all who put their faith in Him, will be the ability to fellowship with God face to face. Now, if that is not an exciting prospect for you, chances is you haven't experienced the joy of knowing Jesus, and the love of Jesus, and the grace of Jesus, and the mercy of Jesus, and you can do that today. You can do that today. And your life will be transformed. Your life here will be lived in the power of positive living, because you know and anticipate the life of real health, wealth, and prosperity Here and now in this life, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is constantly confirming to us, is constantly witnessing to us. Probably not a one time that I opened the scripture, one morning, and without reading and without hearing the Holy Spirit confirm to my spirit that I'm His possession, that I belong to Him. But in heaven, oh, that's going to be fulfilled. It's going to be face to face. Here and now, in this life, the Holy Spirit gives us glimpses of what it's like to fellowship with God. But in heaven, we're going to experience it firsthand. And my beloved friend, I want to tell you, this is the very secret for positive living. Look at verse 6. Paul said, that is why we always, how often? Always. Always what? Be of good courage. That's why we're always of good courage. Paul, you sometimes going through hell on earth. Oh, no, no, but I'm of good courage because I know the secret of positive living. (laughs) What does that mean? It means this. It means that you can look at your physical problem in the eye and say to that problem, you cannot discourage me. I am going to be stronger than Superman you can look at your financial problem in the eye and say, you cannot discourage me. I'm going to be richer than rich. That is why you can look at anything that troubles you in this life and say, you cannot trouble me because I am on my way home into the mansion. You just wait till I go home. But then how should the believer live in this life in the light of this anticipation Of the life of real health, wealth and prosperity. How can you live this life? You know, C. S. Lewis one time got so sick and tired of people talking about Christians of being so heavenly minded of no earthly good. And then he said, you know, he said, you examine history, you study history, that the only people who have been of any earthly good are those who are heavenly minded. (laughs) Don't you love that? So, how do you live this life? He gives us the answer, verses 9 and 10. Look at verses 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 5. He said, therefore, we have as our ambition. Now, some of your translation says goal. But because the word ambition has such bad connotations, some translators use the equivalent, which is goal. As goal in life, ambition in life. But the problem is, ambition is a neutral word. Like anything else, when there's something neutral, it can be good or bad. There is good ambition, and there is bad ambition. There is selfish ambitions, and there is selfless ambitions. So, if you place the word ambition next to the word pleasing God, and just keep repeating them, ambition, pleasing God, pleasing God, ambition, ambition, pleasing God, pleasing God, ambition. Just put them next to each other. And soon you're going to realize that that word is a beautiful word. And when you put it right next to pleasing God, it is a magnificent word. It's a fantastic word. It's a desirable word. It is a sanctified word. It is a magnified word. It's a wonderful word. The question is, it's not whether ambition, right or wrong, good or bad. No, 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 no. The question is, what motivates your ambitions? What motivates my ambitions? That's really the question. If you're writing, write it down. Because that is an all-important question. It is the all-important question. Always question your motive. Somebody wants to be the CEO of a company. That's fine. Ask yourself why. Somebody wants to make a lot of money. That is fine. Ask yourself why. Somebody wants to be a straight-A student, that's fine. Ask yourself, why? Someone who wants to accomplish and achieve great things, wonderful. Ask, why? Always put the question, why, after planning your goal, your ambition in life. You'll get a great answer. If it is pleasing the Lord, or is it pleasing self? Is it to glorify God or glorify me? Is it to honor God or honor self? Is it to accumulate treasures in heaven or to accumulate treasures on earth? Is it for a reward in heaven or reward here on earth? Ask that question. It is the most vital question. And the reason why is because given to us in verse 10. Paul says, he tells you why you need to ask that question. Each of you ask it yourself. I cannot ask it of you. You cannot ask it of me. Because in reality, only you know and only I know in the presence of God. Here, verse 10. The reason why. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I don't want you to miss one second of what I'm going to tell you. Through the years, people missed that whole point. So, what's the judgment seat of Christ? I'm going to ask you some questions. And if you want to cheat, the answer is no. Okay? Is the judgment seat, is it the judgment of God upon the believers? No. no. Will the believer stand before the judge to find out if they're guilty or innocent? No. Will it be an anticipation where you stand in trepidation to find out if you're going to make it to heaven or not? No. God bless you. No and a million no. Listen to me, very important. Tell you why. Because the moment you have accepted the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross to be for you, you have escaped from the judgment of God. Yes. Once and for all. So, what is this judgment seat of Christ? The Greek word... For this is Bima. No, it's not your BMW. <laughs> Bima is a very high, long set of stairs where you keep going up, 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 up. And when you get up to the top of the set of stairs, there is a bench. For what purpose? So that you may receive your rewards. So you get rewards. That's what Paul is talking about in verse 10. And these rewards are dependent on how much of your life as a believer, I'm not talking about the judgment of the unbelievers, I'm talking to the believers. Those rewards are dependent on how much as a believer, how much your life's purpose was to please the Lord or please yourself. That's the bottom line. Nine asks the question, ten answers it. This is not, I'm going to repeat, this is not, For God to announce to other believers in heaven your secret sins. That's what some people took that to mean through the years. That is not. When God said you have escaped from judgment, you have escaped from judgment. And there's no looking back. But the Bible said, because we have escaped from the judgment, what we're going to have as believers is accountability. And accountability. And based on that accountability, we're going to be rewarded Paul said, actually, some people's reward would be like gold and silver. You put it in fire, it can only get better. But some people who lived all their life serving themselves, take, doing things for themselves, thinking of themselves, their work is like, hey, you light a match in it, and there's nothing but smudge. That's a reward. And the reward on the beamer is going to be based on your motives as much as your action. I try to think about what can I tell you that will really illustrate. Try to just make it relevant to understand what Paul is trying to say here about the judgment seat of Christ, the beam. And I thought of a story I read some time ago. This is a true story, and it took place back in 1946. Started there when a Japanese man by the name of Akiya Morita and another man they started a company in Japan. And they called it Tokyo Communications Engineering. And they really started it in a bombed-out department store in Tokyo. By 1955, Morita's company was producing the very first transportable transistor radio. The very first. And by 55, of course, they were making the, lots of these radios. And American company became interested in buying Morita's company. So they came and offered him a ton of money. But the offer troubled Mr. Morita and, and because they want to produce this radio under their company's name, Bolivar, and they didn't like that, and he didn't like this, and finally he turned down the offer. As much as he needed that cash infusion into his company, as much as he was desperate, he turned down the offer. He said to the Americans, I am today taking the first step for the next 50 years of my company, and Morita's company went on to become probably, not one of, probably the most success story in the business world, because besides the transistors, they built the very first VCRs, and then they built the very first compact discs, and immediately after turning the offer from the Americans, Mr. Morita renamed his company to Sony. Those of you in business understand that. It's not always the case, and I'm not generalizing. But you understand that sometimes the choice is between immediate meager rewards or future mega rewards. And beloved friends, this is the best I can do in illustrating what Paul is trying to tell us about the Bema. It works out the same way with the believers in a world that is full of desire for instant gratification, and instant fulfillment, and instant results, and instant success, and instant recognition. The Apostle Paul is saying, be careful, be careful, be careful, lest at the bima you find out that you got all your rewards here on earth and there was nothing left up there. Be careful, be careful lest you cash in all your shares right here. And then when you get to heaven, you find you stand at the Bema with no rewards. For the believers who have known the Lord for however many years and yet lived most of your life focusing on your problems and your difficulties and your needs and your desires and your wants, start today. Say, Lord, I don't want to get to the beamer. I don't want to get to that judgment seat with all my rewards are being cashed out here. And he will do it. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.